We're returning in our topic on uh, in Unstained, and uh, we want to discuss this evening uh, the topic of what it means to be unstained in your entertainment, okay? In your entertainment. And uh, in my mind, this involves four different fields, okay? Uh, one is uh, movies, two is TV, three is music, and four is video games, okay? So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about entertainment tonight, all right? Um, now, as I go through this discussion, if you have questions, feel free to raise your hand uh, and ask questions. I'm not going to be asking you a lot of questions tonight uh, because I just have a lot to get through, but, but if you have, like, you know, some kind of a, a important question you want to ask, feel free to raise your hand and, and we can try to answer that question, okay? So, um, all right. Now... Throughout uh, our discussion tonight, I will be referring to a number of different movies. Um, and actually, I don't think I referenced any songs or, or anything like that. But um, I think I'll mention a TV show. Uh, I'll I might mention a game or two. Um, but I will try not to play spoiler for any TV shows or movies, OK? I'll try not to. I don't think I am going to. But we'll, we'll see what happens, all right? Um, so just. I'll try not to, all right? But let me make myself clear up front here for, uh, about something. Uh, when I mention anything by way of example, um, I'm not recommending it at all, okay? Um, so don't go home to your parents and say, you know, mom and dad, Pastor James suggests that we go watch Deadpool or something like that, okay? <laughs> so uh, that's, not, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, I'll be mentioning some, as, uh, some things as an example to just illustrate what I'm saying, all right? So... But um, at the same time, some things are not off limits that I say. I'm just using them as an example. Um, something, some things, I'll, if I think it's off limits, I'll let you know. Okay, if I'm like this, you shouldn't watch or, or listen to or whatever, I'll, I'll let you know that, all right? So, um, but, so don't worry. It's not like I don't have rules. I do have rules, okay? So I know I do have a line that I draw. But, um, and... There, there really are two ways that you can approach entertainment here, okay? Um, there's the easy way, and there's the hard way. Uh, the easy way says, well, entertainment is so prone to being evil, and, uh, you know, I just, I'll just eliminate altogether, you know? You could do that, all right? Or you could say, I could just watch whatever I want and go to the other extreme. Both of those attitudes are the easy way. That's the easy way, Okay. And that's how many people think about enter entertainment today. And that's why we need to have this discussion. Because it's not that simple. It's not that simple. The hard way is the right way. And the hard way says, I need to be cautious with entertainment. And to be cautious, uh, we need to have what the Bible calls wisdom. Wisdom, okay? And wisdom is not easy. It's not easy at all. So to begin our discussion tonight, I want to start here with wisdom. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Job chapter 28 for a moment, okay? Job chapter 28. Job is right before Psalms, I think, in your Bible. Um, should be. Job 28. Look at verse 1. It says, Surely there's a mine for silver and a place for gold that, is, that they refine. And verse 3 says, Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the furthest limit uh, the ore and gloom and deep darkness. And what this is saying here is that people can find uh, and search for the rarest precious metals on earth. You can dig for gold and find it. It takes hard work, but you can do it. Now jump down to verse 12. It says, But where shall wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding now what this is saying is you can search for gold but you can search and you can find it but you can search for wisdom and you're not going to be able to find it wisdom is unsearchable and so for the rest of this chapter um, uh, basically job says you can't find wisdom it's impossible okay but he says in verse 23 uh, if you jump down to verse 23 he says God understands the way to it, and he knows its place. 
And in verse 27, he says, then God saw it and he declared it and he established it and searched it out. What's he saying there? He's saying wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from, from, wisdom comes from God. That's the only place that you can find wisdom. And so look at verse 28. This is kind of the key verse here. He says, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. How do you get wisdom? You begin with the fear of the Lord. You begin with fearing God. That's the beginning of wisdom. And so as we approach this kind of delicate matter about entertainment that can be a little bit controversial, uh, we need to begin there. Fear God and turn away from evil because that is wisdom. And that's the beginning of knowing how to handle the entertainment in your life, okay? And here's the primary principle that wisdom teaches us about entertainment, okay? Um, really, entertainment is a two-way street. It's a two-way street. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that entertainment has an impact on you, but it also, you have an impact on entertainment, okay? And here's what I mean by that. Um, it's not just that you're an observer and you're just downloading information from media. That's true. That happens. But you're also a participant. Um, entertainment, by its very nature, invites you to participate in the world that's being created before your eyes and your ears. I don't know if you realize that, but it's true. That's the way entertainment works. You are a participant. You're not just a passive observer. You're a willing participant in what's going on. You're engaging in what you're seeing and what you're watching. That's the nature of film. That's the nature of music. It wants you to participate in what's going on, right? I mean, think about it. Anything that you listen to or that you watch, isn't that true? It's wanting you to jump in, in there with you. So, so entertainment's a two-way street. It goes both ways. Entertainment has an impact on you, but you also have a choice about what your entertainment is. You get to choose what your entertainment is. You get to choose what movie you watch. You get to choose what songs you listen to. And that tells you what kind of person you are. In fact, sometimes people choose certain kinds of music or movies because they want to escape from reality. And they want to make the movie or the music their reality. That's because you're participating willfully in the entertainment. So it goes both ways, okay? Uh, entertainment's a two-way street. So let's dissect movies and TV and gaming and music for a moment. And as I said before, I'm not here to tell you that all forms of entertainment are bad. That's not true, or else we wouldn't have movie night, okay? That's just, that, that, that wouldn't happen, all right? So um, I think there's actually a lot of good entertainment. It's a lot of good. But we need to kind of define um, what's good and what's bad. We need to kind of build ourselves some boundaries here, okay? But here's some benefits. Here's some good things about entertainment. Entertainment tells a story. Entertainment, entertainment tells a story. Uh, we love stories, and entertainment does that. Entertainment employs creativity, okay? It's very creative. That's kind of the nature of it. Entertainment can be uplifting. It can kind of pick you up, especially music. Music does a, a really good job doing that. Good entertainment makes you think. It makes you think. The movie Inception makes you think. That's why it's on that list there. No one recommended it, but I did, because I love that movie. I think it makes you think, right? And I'm going to put that down as an option. So I really hope you guys pick that one, because I want to watch it. So, But entertainment, entertainment can be worshipful. It can be worshipful. You can use it to glorify God. And entertainment can be fun, OK? And that's just the nature of entertainment itself, obviously. Entertainment's fun. It's a lot of fun to, to watch movies and, and music and listen to music and stuff like that. But entertainment's fun. But obviously, all these things can be abused. And so we got to figure out what are our boundaries here. So to do that, let me talk about movie and TV and game and music genres. Genres. You guys know what genre is? Yeah. A genre is just a fancy word for a category, OK? So movie, TV genres, there's a lot of them. Uh, there's action, there's adventure, comedy, crime, drama, historical, epics, horror, musicals, dance, sci-fi, wars, westerns, 
romance, thrillers, fantasy, documentaries, educational, game shows, news, concerts, shows, there's religious stuff, there's re reality TV, there's sports, cartoons, anime, uh, commercials, soap operas. There's a lot of stuff out there, right? That's just a smattering, okay? Here's some gaming genres. Action, adventure, RPGs, simulation, strategy, and sports. Um, here's some music genres. Country, punk, rap, me heavy metal, death metal, hip-hop, reggae, um, pop, alternative, classical, rock, classic rock, swing, bluegrass, indie, goth, dubstep, techno, Latin or salsa, uh, new age, gospel, electronic, 8-bit music, um, soundtrack, R&B or soul, uh, disco, opera, jazz, ragtime, instrumental, ska, Disney, dance, steampunk, or grunge. That's just a handful, by the way, of punk, punk rock. That's like my favorite genre, actually. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Green Day, uh, Sum 41, Blink-182. Um, uh, let me think of another couple of bands. Um, uh, SR-71. Um, th these are older bands. Punk was bigger like when I was in high school. So, yeah, it's not as big anymore. It's kind of lost its flavor. It kind of morphed into alternative. So, so alternative is kind of like a catch-all for like everything that's like not country or jazz and over the still Basically, yeah. It's basically like pop and hip-hop and, and, and rock all together in one. So anyways, um, so I say all this because let me take a few moments here and package our discussion for this evening around five different genres, okay? And I, I want to use them as springboards into cautions that I have about entertainment, okay? So our five genres that I want to kind of look at this evening are action and adventure, horror, romance, rap, and punk rock, okay? So, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain what punk rock is when I get there, all right? So you're like, you're not completely lost, right? And those are just basically creative examples that I'm using because they often embody the, uh, some of the concerns that I have with entertainment, okay? So I'm gonna spend more time on some than others uh, because some just need a little more thought and, and explanation, all right? So let's look at action and adventure. Action and adventure and the volume of violence, okay? Action and adventure and the volume of violence. Entertainment is full of violence. It's everywhere. And it's not just restricted to action and adventure. I mean, it's every, in every genre. Um, whether it's TV or movies or even kind of music too. Uh, action and adventure uh, gives us a good example of it, but it's nonetheless prevalent in all genres, okay? And we have to be careful with violence. We have to be very careful especially for you guys, especially for you guys. We have to be very careful because there's something captivating about it. There's something captivating about it. Now, I believe guys, or God made us guys to be strong, to be drawn to action because we were designed to be protectors. Okay, that's, that's what we're designed to be, all right? Defenders of justice and defenders of the innocent. But excessive violence for the sake of pleasure is dangerous. It's very dangerous, okay? And um, it's dangerous for a variety of reasons, but listen to the words of Proverbs chapter 1. It says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. Um, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. So he says, don't go near them. Stay away from them. Unnecessary violence or excessive violence is dangerous, and it's wrong. So you might be asking yourself, well, James, what qualifies as excessive violence? Well, let me give you an example of a movie that I would think would be excessively violent. And you might have heard of it before. You might have even watched it before. I don't know. But I think that a movie that is excessively violent, and actually I haven't seen it, but I looked up kind of like, I like, I read about it, okay? So is Kill Bill, volumes one and two, okay? 
that is excessively violent, all right? So if you've seen it, I'm not, I'm not saying like you sinned when you saw it, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's excessively violent, okay? It's very graphic, very graphic. Yes, sir. Yeah, see, I've never seen it, so I don't know, but it, well, okay, I saw like a five-minute clip of it, but it wasn't a graphic part. It was just kind of a weird part. I was like, what's going on? I have no idea. So, but if you're familiar with Kill Bill, it's a, it's quite a graphically bizarre, violent, violent movie, I guess. So, um, on the opposite side of the spectrum would be something like Inside Out or Winnie the Pooh or something like that, okay? So, there's like no violence whatsoever. Uh, I'm not condemning Kill Bill here. I'm just saying here's an example of one that qualifies as one that really comes close to crossing the line, okay? If, if not, it, it might actually cross the line. Um, there's some other ones out there that are, I think, probably even more graphic than that, but that's one that I think of that you might have watched before or you may not have. Um, here's a good example of a violent video game. And this one's really, I doubt you've actually played this one but it's called Postal 2. Um, it came out in 2003, and uh, it's really, really graphic, okay? Um, and I'm not even gonna, I'm gonna spare you from, from some of the details because it's just too disgusting, okay? But the premise of the game is that you basically get to blow away civilians whenever you want. So it's pretty bad. It's really, really bad. Uh, this one I would put on my do not playlist, okay? This is one you, like, this is not gray, a gray area for me. Like this, if you're playing this game, it's it like you have to have like ill intentions to play it because it's pretty bad, okay? <laughs> so it's pretty bad. It's not just graphic. It's like I want to kill for no reason kind of graphic, okay? So my concern with violence is this. It's not whether or not you watch it or even play it, but the volume of it and the intensity of it and whether you are using the violence um, for, or, 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 or in being involved in the violence for no reason. That's, that, those are the issues there. How much of it are you absorbing? What's the intensity of it? And is it something that is, uh, is just violence for fun, in a sense, okay? Uh, violence is dangerous. Uh, it lures you kind of like a piece of chocolate cake you know, you, you never want just one piece. You just, you want, it, you want more. Um, so you have to be careful here, okay? You have to be very, very careful. But don't forget, don't forget, this is a two-way street here, okay? People choose to watch things like Kill Bill or whatever's violent because people want to watch excessive violence, okay? People are already bringing something to the table. What are you bringing to the table, okay? Ask yourself that. Why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? Am I watching this because I just love people just shooting people? Like, is that my desire? Or is there something else behind this? So, so ask yourself, what is the reason why I'm watching this, all right? Okay, number two. What's our second category? What's our second genre? Horror and the fascination with fear. Horror and fas a fascination with fear, okay? So... Who knows, maybe I'll be stepping on some toes here, but that's okay. I'm your pastor, so I can do that. In the last 10 years here, entertainment has developed a bizarre fascination with horror, okay? And it, when I was younger, like, horror was like, there was hardly any horror out there, but it's huge now. Um, and if you really think about it, it actually makes absolutely no sense at all. Um, why do people find fear pleasurable? Fear at its very nature, nature is, is an uncomfortable emotion, and yet people love it. It's weird, like people will go to like haunted mansions all the time and like fry fest the Six Flags just to like scare themselves silly. Like it's just really bizarre to me, I don't know. I don't like it, but some people really like it. And I'm not saying that's completely like heinous, it's not, I don't think, but there is something behind this we have to be careful of, okay? And there's just this really bizarre innate fashion with horror that our culture loves to play around with, okay? Um, the horror genre in the last 10 years has exploded. Uh, it seems like 50% of the movies that come out in theater are horror movies nowadays. Seriously, like, you go to the theater, like, 
almost, it seems like all of them are horror for some reason. Um, and here's a good example of the rise of horror. Uh, zombies are everywhere. <laughs> zombies are everywhere. When I was your age, I hardly knew what a zombie was. Like, I didn't even know, like, what a zombie was. Christine could probably say the same thing. She's like, what are zombies? I don't know. Now zombies are everywhere. You can't get away with not knowing what a zombie is. But um, uh, zombies dominate our entertainment. The Walking Dead, is, which is a zombie-based TV show, if you didn't know that, averages almost 20 million views per episode. Okay, so it's, it's popular. Uh, zombies are so prevalent in movies, TV, and games that there have been a ton of goofy zombie spinoffs like Zombieland and Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that. Um, it's just, it's everywhere, okay? Horror is everywhere. And I'm concerned about this one in particular. Um, I'm not saying I'm against watching all of these, you know, everything horror and everything like that, but horror, like violence, is unnaturally appealing. It's unnaturally appealing. The fact that we would revel in something that normally in real life would appall us is really bizarre to me. That's really bizarre. That we would actually take a fascination in something that in reality we would be terrified of. Okay, so that, it's really weird. Now, here's a question for you. Why do people today find horror so fascinating? Why is it so fascinating? Have you ever thought about that? Like, why do people get so amped up about this, like, and get so excited? You know, let's go watch, like, The Grudge 5, or I don't know, like, whatever is out there, you know? Um, uh, whatever horror movies you guys are watching or something like that. Why, why, why people watch that? And there's probably a lot of reasons to this, but here's one big reason why you've probably never thought of before, okay? We were made to fear. We were made to fear. Uh, we were actually created in the image of God, and we were made to look up to someone bigger than ourselves, okay? Someone that is more unknown to us than we can ever imagine. And God is both of those. He is bigger than us, and he's unknown to us, okay? And we're supposed to fear him. He's supposed to be our ultimate fear in a sense. That's why Job 28 says, what is, uh, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom. Because fearing God is really bottom line. We're supposed to fear him more than anything else. Because, let's be honest, he's the most dreadful thing in the universe, if you really think about it. He's the most dreadful thing, okay? So hold on to that thought for a moment, okay? He's the most dreadful thing in the universe. And here's the paradox of it all, okay? We don't fear God. We don't fear God. Even though he's the most dreadful thing in the universe, we don't fear God. But we fear movies. We fear movies. Because in a bizarre twist of fate, we don't think God really exists, and we begin to think that movies do. Okay, think about that for a second. We don't think that God really exists, because if we did, we'd really fear him. Let's be honest with ourselves. We'd really be terrified of him. And, but we do begin to think that movies do exist, because then we actually fear them. Does that make sense? That's kind of the rationale behind this. Why do people get so fascinated with, with, with horror movies? It's because they are, they're trying to make something that's not a reality a reality and turn something that's not, that really is reality into non-reality. It's reversing everything that's normal. That's why this is so twisted and why it's so dangerous, okay? So again, I'm not saying that horror is wrong. I'm just saying... We have to be very, very careful, okay? Because what we might be communicating and what we might be indicating in ourselves is that we really don't think that God exists. And we're trying to replace our fear of God with a fear of something else. Something else is trumping God and our fears, okay? So a movie, which isn't real at all, is more real to us than God, who actually is real. And that's what's so bizarre about this, okay? That's, that's the paradox. I, I, don't, I, I know we don't actually think that movies are real. I know that. But think about the amount of time you spend in movies. Think about the amount of time you spend in music or in other things uh, that, that involve horror or fear and things like that. We spend a lot of time engrossing ourselves in that. And horror especially 
is very captivating. It's, it draws you in. And the idea of horror is it's trying to make you think that something that is not real is actually real. And here's the crazy thing about this. I was actually reading a book today about this whole issue. And the, the, the idea is this. Why do, what are some of the things we get most scared of? What are some of the things we get most scared of? We get more scared of things that don't exist. Things that don't exist, like supernatural, demonic things. Things that are like unknown, unreal. Things that we can't wrap our arms around. Those are the things that we can't, that we actually get scared of. Why do we actually get scared of those things? Because, here's the thing, those things are actually real. They're actually real. Demons are real. Angels are real. God is real. That's why we get scared. And sometimes we don't realize we're getting uh, scared of it because it's real, but that's the reason why we ultimately get scared of them. That's why those things are the most terrifying things to us, because we can't fathom it, and we think to ourselves kind of subconsciously, what if that was real? What if that was real? And that's, that's a dangerous thing about this. We're trying to replace our fear of, of God with something that's actually not real, okay? Like some kind of a zombie, which isn't real. We're trying to replace it and trying to tone it down when we're actually we should be thinking of, hey, God is real, and I actually need to square myself away with this. I actually need to think about how I contend with God and where I stand before God. That's, that's the reality, okay? Uh, Job 28, 28 says, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. He is the one we need to fear first and foremost. So let me, let me also quote you this verse, okay? This is, this is very interesting. Hebrews 10, 31 says, it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a living God. It's a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Those words are very specific. A living God. It's a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Notice, not a dead God, not a fake God, not an imaginary God, not a God on a movie screen. A living, a real God. That's what's ultimately, ultimately terrifying. It's a sad world that we live in where people are more afraid of dreamed up uh, fake zombies than a real and absolutely terrifying God. I mean, seriously. Like, we're trying to, actually what we're doing, I think, when we actually immerse ourselves in horror stuff is we're trying to replace what is real with what is not real to actually cope with what is, with what is real. We know that there's a God, and we know we're going to have to um, stand before him in judgment. Uh, Romans 1 talks about that. How do we suppress that? How do we suppress that? Well, we replace it with something else. And horror movies can be a way that we actually replace that. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong to watch a horror movie. I'm just saying, watch your motives. Why do you watch them? Why are you fascinated by them? Ask yourself that question, okay? Like, I think there's a good reason why you could watch a horror movie. You can evaluate it. You can, um, you can try to um, expose yourself to something to say, hey, this is something that is really dark and something that I don't stand for, and I can watch it for that purpose. There are good reasons why you could watch a horror movie. There are also bad reasons why you can watch a horror movie, okay? So be careful. Be very careful, okay? And that's all I'm going to say about that for now, okay? Uh, except, uh, yeah, that, no, that's all I'm going to say about that for now, okay? So if you have quite more questions about that, because I know you guys watch horror movies, okay? I know, you've, you've told me, okay? You've talked with me about them, so, okay? If you have more questions about that, we can talk afterwards. Number three, number three, and I won't say a lot about this because we've talked about this, but romance and the longing for lust, okay? Romance and the longing for lust. So this genre, it's pretty obvious, but... Uh, I hardly need to mention this genre because I think it's obvious enough, but our culture is infatuated with romance. Uh, and along with romance comes all kinds of sexual nonsense, as, as you and I well know, both on the screen and in your earbuds, okay? So um, it's everywhere. Uh, like violence and horror, sex and entertainment can be very enticing. 
So very obviously, we have to be careful, okay? This is the number one thing, I think, in our Christian circles that we get preached at when it comes to movies and music. Be careful at, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, lust and things like that. This, so I don't need to beat a dead horse here, but this is something you have to be very careful of, okay? You have to be very careful of. And I think especially for us guys, we have to be very, very careful. Um, I don't think I need to talk to you about how terrible Fifty Shades of Grey is. I think we all know that. But that's a movie that I would put on the do not watch list, okay? But it's not just movies and TV, okay? It's not just movies and TV. Video games. Video games can be very explicit. Um, music can be very explicit. We have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. And it can be very subtle, too. Very subtle. Music, like 75% of music today, is all about relationships. And like 50% of those songs have to do with a sexual nature. So we have a large pool that we're dealing with that we have to be very careful with, with what we're listening to, okay? So it, there's a lot of inappropriate stuff out there. Um, watch for what's explicit, okay? And um, Proverbs 7 really brings this out well. It says in verse 4, you are my sister... Uh, Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight, you are, you are, uh, you're my intimate friend. To keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with, you, with her smooth words. In other words, make your friend with wisdom. Don't make your friend with, with, with things that are sexual in nature. Don't play around with that kind of stuff. Avoid it. Stay away from it. That's the number one thing that the scripture says to do with, with sexual sin. It's to stay away from it. The number one thing, run away from it because it's too enticing, okay? So the best defense is a good offense. I think actually Nate has said that before, uh, and it's true. The best way to avoid entertain bad entertainment is to cling to wisdom. Cling to wisdom. And if you're asking yourself, well, how do I do that? How do I get wisdom? We're actually going to talk about that in just a little bit, So, but I don't want to spoil the fun. So uh, number four. Let's move to the fourth genre. Rap and the popularity of profanity, okay? Now, a lot of you listen to rap, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condemning rap. I actually like certain kinds of rap, okay? I chose this as a genre because rap is notorious for foul language. It's just notorious. I mean, outside of like the Christian, you know, kind of rap area, it's pretty much guaranteed to have some kind of foul language in it. That's just, that's just the way it is, okay? So... Uh, the rap you listen to that I've heard, uh, it's, it's fine. I don't have any problems with what you guys normally listen to. But rap is just seems to be associated with foul language in the secular world. So that's just the reality. Um, lots of movies have foul language. Um, there's one movie I was looking at watching recently called uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie or not or heard of it. Uh, I decided to just you know look it up and check it out before I watched it. I checked kind of the profanity counter on it and I it had it says it has 84 f-bombs in it I was like what like it was like pg-13 or something no no no, wait it was r it was rated r okay but uh I was like that's a lot and I was like it didn't seem like it was that bad of a movie when I watched like the preview and stuff but 84 and that's not counting all the other swear words in in the movie that's just the f-word okay so that's like an f-word every two minutes or less um, so I decided not to watch it because I was like, I don't want that much profanity running through my brain for two hours. So I decided not to watch it, okay? This, this is pretty obvious, but if you are immersing yourself in profanity, it's, that's just not a good thing. And there's a couple reasons why. One, because inevitably what you listen to is what you're going to pick up and repeat, and even if it's just by accident, like you're gonna find yourself saying the exact same things. You know, the, the adage goes, you know, you, you know, you know, you pick your friends and you, and, and you become like your friends. Well, the kinds of, you know, words that you're constantly listening to, those are the kinds of words you repeat. You know, that's why like they say, like read, you know, books all the time because you'll pick up words so you actually increase your vocabulary and then you'll say those words too. Well, if you're watching movies or listening to music that constantly has swear words, guess what? 
you're going to find yourself swearing all the time. Or you're going to find it in your brain all the time. And it's going to be a constant battle to try to hold it back. That's not good. That's not good. And number two, I would say this. Swear words, the reason why they're so off limits, I don't know if you know this, but the reason why they're so off limits is because they bring to mind things that are inappropriate in nature. Okay? Whether it's sexual in nature, whether it's just plain, out, plain gross in nature, they're just taboo because the, the concepts are taboo. Okay? So don't, don't immerse yourself in that. That's just, that's not good. Uh, Ephesians 4.21 says this, or 29 says this. Don't, and this is actually my own translation, because I think it sounds better and it makes more sense, okay? But don't let, any tra- don't let any rotten word come out of your mouth. Don't let any rotten word come out of your mouth. But if there is any good word, let that come out of your mouth for the sake of edification in a time of need, so that will give grace to those who hear. What's that saying there? That's basically saying this. Don't let bad stuff come out of your mouth. Instead, replace it with good stuff. Again, a good defense begins with a good offense. How do you stop saying bad stuff? Start saying good stuff. Identify things that are actually good to say. Don't, don't, don't just let bad stuff roll off the tongue. Find good things to say. Uh, and so, so one, it, stop, it starts with, you know, stop listening to bad stuff, stop watching stuff that has profanity in it, all kinds of profanity. And number two, um, replace it with something. Replace it with something good, okay? All right, number five. Punk rock and warping your worldview, okay? Punk rock and warping your worldview. I would be very careless if I didn't mention this last one. Okay, we could talk about, you know, all the different stuff like, um, you know, profanity and, 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 and sexual stuff. We could talk about, um, you know, violence and horror. All that stuff is obvious. That's all obvious. You all are aware of those things. And you're, you're, no, you're aware to some degree that those things can be bad. But this one, this one is uniquely deceptive. Your worldview is in danger every time you watch a movie, every time you watch a TV show, every time you play a game, every time you listen to a song. Your worldview is in jeopardy. It always is. And you might be asking yourself, well, what's a worldview? Well, what are you talking about? Um, your worldview is just very simply how you view life, how you view life. That's your worldview. I chose punk rock for this category because punk rock is notorious for shoving a worldview down your throat, okay? And that worldview is rebellion. It's rebellion, okay? The idea of like stick it to the man, you know? Um, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, like school of rock, exactly. Uh, you know, like classic rock, you know? Like, it is, it, or um, Green Day is, is a really good example of this. Um, some 41 does some of this as well. They're kind of an old, they're not as well known as a band. Um, but there's some bands out there uh, that make their premise like bashing government, bashing authority, um, you know, your parents, teachers, that kind of stuff. Stick it to the man, you know. You hear it in all these things, different stuff. There's an agenda. There's an agenda here, okay? That's the idea. And Every genre has an agenda. It's not just punk rock. They all do. Everyone is trying to teach you something. And that's the thing. It's so subtle, but it begins to change your view of life if you're not careful. It really does. And uh, we have to be very, very careful here. Uh, there's all kinds of things that get shoved down your throat. Uh, some things can be as simple of, as um, you know, teaching or preaching to you, you're a good person. You're a really good person. You don't, you know, you don't do bad things. You just make mistakes all the time, and you can do better. That kind of stuff can be thrown at you. That's wrong. You're a sinner. That's the truth. You sin. That's the reality. You have to. There's a worldview that's always being preached in, in music, in movies, and things like that. And you have to be very careful. Music is a little more obvious to find. Movies, it's a lot harder 
because it takes two hours to rope you into a story and it kind of clouds it underneath the story. And so it's kind of like, oh, that's a nice movie and stuff like that. And it's very easy to get kind of, uh, you find yourself um, getting kind of wrapped up in the, in the hero of the story, even if the hero does things that are wrong. And it's very, it's very easy and subtle. To, to, it happens very, very easily. Um, here's, here's a good example. Here's a good example, okay? And it's good, you haven't even seen it yet. But the, the movie Captain America Civil War is going to come out. And it's going to explore this very idea, okay? Because what it's going to do is it's going to pit Iron Man versus Captain America. And even more broadly, it's going to uh, pit two ideas against each other. Should you be kind of a hero and a vigilante and, and try to save the world with your own superpower? Or should you build a super, like, a, like a super program that's in check by different government agencies? And now it's like, like that's really weird. And if you just didn't, if you didn't follow what I said, don't worry about it, okay? But, but that, that's kind of the premise here, okay? And the idea here is it's going to try to rope you into one of two sides. And here's the thing. Is one right or wrong? I don't know. Like, you have to, you, you have to think that through. And the thing you're going to walk away with is it's going to try to pull you one direction or another. You have to be very careful here. You have to be thoughtful. And, and that's the thing. We're not thoughtful when we, when we think about when we walk into a movie. We're not, we're not guarding ourselves. And our worldview is often in jeopardy. It's often um, being pulled one way or another. You have to be very, very careful. You're being trained to, to like a certain worldview, and you have to be very, very careful. Uh, Titus 2 says, For the grace of God has appeared to us as salvation to all men, training us to reject ungodliness and worldly desires and to live self-controlled and righteously and godly in the present time. The idea here is we need to be trained by the grace of God, not by movies and music and all kinds of other things. We're always being trained by entertainment. We're always being trained by entertainment. You don't even realize it. I don't even realize how much I'm affected by entertainment, but I am. I am all the time. We need to be more trained by the grace of God. How do you get trained by the grace of God? Let me ask you that question for a moment, okay? Let me, let me, let me get your thoughts. How do you get trained by the grace of God? What do you think? I don't think it's rocket science here. It's a very pretty simple answer. Yeah. Okay, clean God's wisdom. Good. How do you do that? Okay, true. How do you do that? Come on. There's some type of media outlet that you're missing here. There's something that you can be downloading all the time that'll help you replace the worldview from entertainment. Yeah. Sermons is true, but the sermons come from somewhere. Where do sermons come from? The Bible. Very good. Because the Bible tells me so, right? It's very, very simple, right? I mean, like it goes back to Sunday school almost, but it's true. Your worldview should be impacted first and foremost by this. This is your worldview. This is your ultimate entertainment piece. I don't know if you realized it, but this has all kinds of movies, TV shows, not really any games, but in music all over the place in this book. It's everywhere. Why? Because this was the ancient version of a movie. They didn't have movies back then. They had books. And this is the ultimate entertainment piece. This is your worldview, okay? That's why you always need to be immersing yourself in the scriptures. You've got to combat, and we're going to talk about this in just a second, but I don't want to steal it too much, but this is the number one entertainment piece. This is what should thrill you to no end, okay? And I know it's, it's not always exciting to read the Bible, but if you really immerse yourself into it, it actually is. So, but we'll get there in just a second. All right, let me conclude. Let me wrap this up for just a minute, okay? Because we're, wow, we are way out of time. This took amazingly longer than I thought, but that's okay. This is good stuff, okay? And maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe I'll do like a little uh, uh, Q&A here at the end, and we won't do small groups for a moment, okay? Because we're just out of time, but... Um, so be thinking of some questions you want to ask. Here's a conclusion, okay? 
here's some five points of application. If I were to say five things you could walk away with, it would be this. Number one, follow. Follow, okay? I'm just gonna use one word, one word applications, so that they can be very simple and you don't forget, okay? Follow. Your parents trump just about everything I said up to this point, okay? Your parents trump everything. And you're like, what does that mean? That means if I, if like, if I say, hey, you know, on Saturday, we're going to watch Inception. And your parents say, I don't like that movie. You're not going to go watch that. Don't watch it. I'm sorry, don't come. Um, or maybe you can come for the flashlight tag or something like that, okay? They trump what I say. They, if I say this movie's, I, I recommend this movie, and, and they say don't watch it, you don't watch it. They, they trump what I say. Colossians 3.20 is very, very deliberate here. Children, obey your parents in everything. Not some things, everything, okay? So this is important, all right? Um, parents trump everything. They, um, if you come and ask me, hey, James, like, I want to watch this movie. What do you think? My number one answer should be to you. My first answer should be to you. What do your parents think? What do your parents think? And if you tell me, well, my parents are not really for it, but I just wanted a second opinion. You know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to say too bad. Like, it's not going to matter. You need to obey your parents. As long as you are underneath the authority of your parents, it doesn't matter what I think. You need to listen to your parents because they're your authority, okay? Now, we're having this discussion because right now you have a circle uh, that your parents have painted around you. And, and there's some boundaries that they've given you of what you can watch and what you can listen to and what you can't watch and what you can't listen to, okay? But there's a time that's gonna come when that circle's gonna go away. And it's not gonna be there anymore. You're gonna turn 18, 19 years old, you're gonna come out from underneath your parents' authority and you're gonna have a choice to make. And that choice is gonna be how, what kind of entertainment am I gonna immerse myself in? And you have to make that choice. And I hope that you make good choices. And there's no right or wrong answer here, and so you need wisdom. And that's why we're having this discussion here, okay? Number two, prepare. Prepare. Uh, don't just walk into a movie blindly. Don't just listen to whatever music just, you know, you fancy. Um, you know, research. Do research on stuff. Research the movie. Research the lyrics. Look them up. Don't just be like, that, sound, that move, them, uh, song sounds cool. I'm going to buy it. Look it up first. Look at the lyrics. I do that all the time. All the time. Because I want to know what I'm listening to. Even if I don't think like it's the best song, there's a, I might still buy it, but at least I know what I'm listening to. And I know, you know, I, I know to be careful around it and what it's trying to, to, to teach me and things like that. Um, so be careful. Be very careful here. One thing that's very helpful for me with movies is, a, is an app called Kids in Mind. Kids in Mind, okay? And this app is for kids or parents with kids, but it really should be called Everyone in Mind because everyone needs this, okay? But it's really a rating system that rates how much profanity is in the movie how much sex and nudity is in the movie, and how much violence is in the movie, and like substance abuse and all that kinds of stuff. Yeah. Plug in, very good. Yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff out there. This is not hard, but but mine like rates from one to ten how much stuff is in it, and it actually like goes detail by detail like what's in the movie. So it helps me figure it out. Um, so those kinds of things. Look them up. Uh, some of you guys have like different filters on your TV and stuff like that, that's great. Uh, use that kind of stuff. Um, don't walk in blindly to anything, okay? Know what you're getting yourself into. Um, you know, I had a couple of friends of mine go watch the movie Deadpool, like, with, just without knowing what they're getting themselves into, and they're like, that was the worst mistake of my life. And I was like, yeah, you should have looked it up. That one is, a, is one I don't recommend. Don't watch it. If you've already seen it, well, it's too late, but don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's bad on a number of different levels, okay? Um, it's deceptively bad. It's like, oh, it's a superhero movie. It'll be fun. 
Uh, it's much more than a superhero movie. It's he's yeah, he is much more than a superhero. Okay, and I'll just leave it there. But um, okay, prepare yourself. Don't walk in blindly. Number three, interrogate. Once you're in the movie, once you're listening to the song, don't just you know just kind of turn your brain off. Be on the offensive. Be proactive. Be aggressive. Don't just sit back. Be critical about your entertainment. What are you listening to? What's it preaching at you? What's it saying? Is there anything bad in there? Anything inappropriate that you missed? If so, what is it? And if so, can you put up with it? And are your parents willing to let you put up with it? Um, right now, there probably shouldn't be a lot you're willing to put up with. Or, you, uh, yeah, there shouldn't be a lot you're willing to put up with. But, um, but that's, uh, that's, um, that's important, okay? Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We need to do that. We need to do that. And along those lines, and in terms of like preparing yourself for this, um, Ephesians 6.1 talks about putting, you know, on the full armor of God. You guys heard that verse before? Put on the full armor of God. Uh, think about this for a moment. When do you put on the when, when do you put on your armor for battle? Do you put it on before the battle, during the battle, or after the battle? Before. If you put it on during or after, that's suicide, okay? Okay? When you put on the full armor of God, when you put it on? Before you encounter sin, not during it. It's not like this last-ditch effort to like, okay, now I'm in a sin crisis, and I need to put this on. No, you put it on before. Prepare yourself. And then once you prepare yourself, use your armor and use everything you've got. Don't like take it off and just be like, all right, guys, I got this. You know, it's like in dodgeball. If you're holding like a dodgeball, and it makes you invincible, don't just throw it away, you know? Don't make yourself unbulletproof, okay? Um, don't be stupid. Uh, use what you've got. Use the word of God, okay? Uh, number four, eliminate. Eliminate. And I can't stress this enough, but be sensitive to what causes you to sin and be honest with yourself and remove whatever makes you stumble. If something is making you sin, throw it off immediately, Okay? If you think something's going to cause you to sin, don't jump into it just because you think it's fun. If people are pressuring you into seeing something and you're not comfortable with it, don't go along with it. Say, I'm sorry. I'm not comfortable with this. It's okay. Make them feel awkward. It's okay. That's their problem. That's not yours, okay? That's their fault. So uh, Matthew 5, 29 says, um, if your eye causes you to stumble, cut it, uh, pluck it out. It's better for you to walk into heaven with one eye than to walk into hell with two eyes, okay? If your hand caused you to stumble, stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to walk into heaven with one hand than to hell, than in hell with two hands, okay? If your feet cause you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to walk into heaven with crutches than it is, or in a wheelchair like Darren or whatever, than it is for you to walk into hell with both feet, okay? I mean... Obviously, we're not going to be walking into heaven with feet, you know, one hand, one feet, one eye, okay? But what's the principle? Be aggressive. Cut it off. If it's causing you to sin, get rid of it, okay? And last but not least, this is the most important. Dig. Dig. You're like, what? Dig, okay? This goes back to the principle from the very beginning. What do you do with wisdom? Or sorry, what do you do with gold? What do you do with silver? What do you do with diamonds? What do you got to do to find it? You got to dig. You got to dig. It takes hard work. Wisdom is impossible to dig for in the world. Except, except, uh, or sorry, unless God makes wisdom accessible. And he has made wisdom accessible, okay? But you've got to what? You've got to dig. You got to dig for it. And how do you gain wisdom? How do you dig uh, into uh, how, how, how do you dig into understanding? How do you gain that? What do you do? What do you think? We just talked about this. Come on. Yeah, get into your Bible. Because the Bible tells me so, right? That's right. Um, the, the Bible makes it very clear. You dig into Scripture. Psalm 119 is an entire chapter that talks about digging into Scripture. I would read it. By the way, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. Why is it the longest chapter in the Bible? Well, why do you think it's the longest chapter in the Bible? 
because it's telling you to dig in the Bible because it's important, okay? So uh, Colossians 2 verse 3 uh, really relates to Job chapter 28, which is what we just talked about, right? The fear of the Lord is, uh, that is wisdom, to depart from evil's understanding. How do you do that? How do you do that? Uh, turn over to Colossians chapter 2 for a moment so we can see this, okay? Colossians 2 verse 3. Colossians 2 verse 3. This is going to sound a lot like digging for hidden treasure because, well, it is digging for hidden treasure, okay? And this is not by accident. Uh, Paul is actually piggybacking off of Job chapter 28, okay? Um, Colossians 2 verse 3. It says, in him, and it's talking about Christ, Jesus Christ, in him are hidden all the treasures, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where did he get that from? Job chapter 28, because of the same thing. Where do you find wisdom and knowledge? Where do you find it? You find it in whom? Who? Who is it in? What does it say? Christ, yeah, Jesus, the, the Sunday school answer, right? So you find it in Christ, okay? And it's treasure, which means it takes hard work. You have to dig for it. It's hidden, okay? Flip over to chapter 3, verse 16, because here's the question. Well, how do I actually dig for Christ? How do I find Christ? Okay, well, Paul explains it for us. This is how you do it. And this is what I really want to leave you with, okay? Colossians 3.16. It's like John 3.16, except in Colossians. Let the word of Christ, the Lord of who? Christ. This is the word about Christ. Dwell in you richly. Richly. Richly points back to treasures, okay? There, there, it, there's, there's a wealth, there, there's a mine that is full of the wisdom of Christ. Where do you find it? It's in the word of God. You have to dig for it. You've got to dig for it. And how do you, well, how do you do that? How do you, how do you get around the word of God? Well, he kind of explains how. He says, teaching uh, and admonishing one another with psalms, with hymns and with spiritual songs, uh, singing with, you know, thankfulness in your heart to God. In other words, do this. Listen to sermons, go to church, listen to the word of God, sing songs about the word of God so you're immersing yourself in scripture, read the word of God so you're surrounding yourself with scripture. Uh, it doesn't say here to read the word of God in this verse uh, because back then most people couldn't read, okay? That's why it's not there, okay? But someone would actually read it at church so that they would actually get immersed in it. So, but you can read, so do it because it's important, okay? That's the bottom line here. If I were to leave you with anything about entertainment, you have to replace entertainment with this entertainment. The word of God is a book of entertainment. It is a bunch of stories, a bunch of songs that have been carefully packaged to you as truth uh, of what the world really is about. And really, if you think about it, it's like, well, but, but that's not what music is. That's not what you know, movies are. They're just fun. No, they're not. No, they're not. We just talked about this. Every single song, every single movie, every single TV show, every single game is teaching you something about the world. And I guarantee you, it's always somewhat off base. That's why we have to retrain ourselves with the word of God all the time. The more you're in this, the less likely you get sucked into the entertainment that's around you, okay? So this is very, very important. Um, but we've talked about a lot. But I want to open this up to any questions that you might have as we kind of wind down here. Is there anything that is on your mind that you're, that's just, you've got to get off your chest and you have to ask this question, like this is really important? Um, or is there anything you're like, James, I don't agree with you here. And that's okay, that's fine. Um, if, you're, if, if something is, I don't know, different. Any questions? Yeah. How you were talking about like the testing and stuff? Yeah. What do we do like cuz we go to public school and yeah. like, there's testing every day. 
Yeah. This, very good. Very good question. Even when your teachers are dropping Yes. That's a great question. This is why, actually, I'm not against there being swear words in movies for me personally. This is a personal conviction of mine. I don't mind if there are some swear words in movies. Um, I just try not to watch movies um, that like will just drop all kinds of f-bombs and all kinds of things all over the movie because then it's just to me it's just it's too hard to watch so i was actually i accidentally watched a movie recently or no a couple years ago um called lock stock and two smoking barrels it had 120 20 f-bombs in it and by the i i think i watched it from start to finish once because it was edited and it took out all the um the 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 language and because i was like hey that was actually an interesting movie and so i brought it to my brother-in-law he's like hey like let's watch it and we got through like 10 minutes of it and we're like, why are we watching this right now? And so I think we shut it off. But because um, we're just like, this is ridiculous. Like we can't even like stomach this. So, um, but there are times in life where people are just dropping it all over the place. Sports is huge. Uh, when I was in football, it just, it was everywhere. Uh, in school, I know, I know it's there in your public schools. Um, a couple of things I would say about that. Number one, uh, there's, there's not a whole lot you can do. There's not a whole lot you can do, okay? And it's like, that doesn't help. But it's true. There's not a whole lot you can do. Um, and so uh, what I would do is, is, is to kind of help that is to, I would try to limit that as much as you can. And there's a couple ways you can do that. Like one, try to, if, 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 there's, a lot, if there's friends of yours that are just constantly doing that, either one, talk with them and be like, hey, you guys are dropping a lot of language and I don't really appreciate that. I'm a Christian and this bothers me. Can you really tone this down? I, if they're your friends, they'll probably tone it down to some. They'll respect you for it for some degree. If they don't, they're like, dude, you're just being dumb and stuff like that, okay? Like, what's wrong with you? And then they start swearing at you and all that and it's like, goodness gracious, what's wrong with you? Um, um, if they're like that, then here's my advice to you, ditch them, ditch them. Just be like, you know what, I, I just, I just, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you get, I, like, I, I, you know, I love you as your friend and I want to see the best from you. I, I want you, I want to see you to become a Christian, but, but, but please, like, until you start controlling your language more, we can't hang out because it's just too hard. Like, it's too hard to be around you. That's what I would say, honestly. I would just try to, and get the courage to say, this is just, this is not who I want to hang out with. Obviously, there's people around you, just, you know, swearing, and you just do the best you can just to try to avoid it, but, and just ignore it, but there's not a whole lot you can do when it's just bystanders, and people are just, and you're just, if you're in class, you know, there's not a lot you can do. You could raise your hand and be like, hey, I don't appreciate that, I'm a Christian, and if your teacher's like, well, too bad, blah, 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 you could actually go to the principal and report it. I don't think they're allowed to do that. I don't think they're allowed, even in public school, I don't think they're allowed to just rip it, okay? And if, if they get enough people complaining, that teacher can get fired. So unless they have tenure, maybe they can't, I don't know. But you could try. You can try, okay? I would. If they're just being mean, you know, fight back. Like, seriously, fight back. Put on the full armor of God and just nail them, okay? Yeah. 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 And like showed her like physically educating someone's arm. Like there was like stuff going on. Oh. Yeah. 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 So that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't be th showing like really gross graphic stuff in schools. Although, although they have this stuff like you know the auto, like in your driver's ed classes the auto stuff that they make you watch. But I don't know why they do that. But I understand the premise. But anyways. Um, anyways, do the best you can. There are channels you can use to help try to eliminate that kind of stuff. Talk with adults, talk with other people if things are really a problem and try to get that kind of stuff cleared and, and all that. Does that, does that help at all? Yeah. Okay. So you have to be brave a little bit, I think, in some sense, uh, with, in certain situations. And that's okay. That's, that's, the, na that's the nature of being a Christian. So... Um, 
Yeah. Any other questions? I know we're a little bit over time here, but I want to I want to make sure we tackle this carefully. So. All right, any questions? All right. Well, I hope this is helpful, guys. It, it's not an easy issue. And everyone, let me, let me kind of wrap this up just really quickly by saying this, okay? There's no right or wrong answer to this, as you can tell, okay? Your, all your parents are going to have a slightly different view on this, okay? We're all going to be somewhat of like accord in general, but in terms of what certain movies you can watch, what music you can listen to, it's going to be a little bit different, okay? And here's the thing, if you're going to come and complain to me and say, hey, Johnny's parents let him listen to this music and watch this movie, why can't I? I'm just going to tell you, too bad. If your parents tell you you can't listen to it or watch it, that's, that's their prerogative. That's, that's their right to do so, okay? And that's because that's what your parents have set up. That's actually a good thing. The more restrictions they have for you usually is a better thing at your age, okay? Um, usually, okay? There's, there can be exceptions to that rule, but, but, um, but th this is a tricky issue. And so my goal here is to begin to expose you to the fact that one day your parents uh, are no longer gonna be your authority in making these decisions for you. And you're gonna need to make these decisions, okay? And so you're gonna need to be very, very thoughtful about this. Begin to think about what type of parameters, what kind of boundaries should I have in my life and for even down the road for my family's life that I'm going to have, especially you guys, because you're going to set that tone, okay? So this is very important. If you have more questions about this, we can talk afterwards, but let me just wrap us up in prayer really quickly, okay? Father, we thank you so much for this time. Uh, thank you so much for this discussion. I pray, Father, that you would uh, really help us to think these things through carefully, uh, it's not easy. We get easily sucked into our entertainment in a lot of different ways. And I pray, Father, that you would guide us, and most importantly, that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit, for those of us who are Christians, and guide us through the Word of God. May we immerse ourselves in that so that at the end of the day, we have an ultimate guiding principle that, that informs us how we should uh, view entertainment in this world. Let that be our worldview. Let that be our ultimate entertainment uh, so that we can honor and glorify Jesus Christ, our ultimate treasure, our wisdom. In his name we pray, amen.